We welcome you to the 2v1 Sportscast with your starting lineup, Clint, Hauser, and Josh. It's showtime. Welcome for another week of the 2v1 Sportscast. I'm Hauser, joined by Clint and Josh at this time. And guys, we have a good uh, podcast to talk about today. And we'll just jump right into it. We'll jump in with the NCAA football. We'll start with a very tough week for any BYU fans out there. Um, You know, we'll start with Clint. BYU, you know, lost. Very, it was a tough loss. It was really hard. I mean, what do you take of this loss for BYU? I'll be honest. Uh, I actually did not watch this game. I was traveling um, down to see family and stuff. So, um, and half the time I didn't have service, so I couldn't even check the score. So I, Josh texted me. He's like, how are you feeling about the game? And I was like, actually, I don't even know what's going on. He's like, oh, well, they're down. By, I can't remember what the score was at the time. And I was like, oh, cool, fun. Um, <laughs> to be honest, out of all the games this year, that was not the one I expected them to lose. I was thinking, we're going to go into Baylor 6-0, and and if we're going to lose one, that'll probably be it. But we talked about it last time. You know, you can't overlook Boise. Hauser was saying, you know, Boise's tough too, and Boise was tough. Boise's had a rough start to the season. Uh, but they played good teams. You know, they lost to to UCF to start the year. They lost to Oklahoma State, who's ranked 12th now and haven't lost yet. And then Nevada's, you know, a sneaky good team that came out and beat them. And so, and Boise State had a little bit of a, a grudge against BYU after getting blown out last year. And BYU went and took the picture in the middle of the – the field after the game and they were saying that that didn't sit well with them. And they did that right after the game, they all got together and took a picture on BYU's field. So um, I don't think, I think BYU didn't play horrible, but the problem was, was their, you know, their turnovers, the three fumbles. And I think two of them were in the red zone and that just, that just killed us. You know, they ended up with four turnovers and the last one was just kind of a, you know, a late interception by Hall. But the great thing was, is Hall was back. It was good to see Hall back. Uh, I was watching some highlights, and that catch that Nakua made in the first quarter in the end zone for the touchdown was awesome and stuff. So he mossed that guy. Oh, that was yeah. amazing. I can't believe I was watching it. Wow. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's crazy because the one time that I did see the score before – um, I left for home from uh, our family get together. Uh, it was ten to nothing, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not worried." You know, it's ten nothing. The first quarter looks like they're great, and then all of a sudden, after Josh texted me, I, I looked at the score, and I think at the time they were down. I don't know if it was. I think it was twenty four ten. I can't remember, but I was like, "Oh, I wasn't nervous, Josh, but you know, I might be now." <laughs> So, I, I I don't think B, like we've talked about it a few times about BYU going undefeated, but obviously they haven't now. But looking back, it's like they weren't going to go undefeated this year. They were going to get beat by somebody, and sadly, it was to Boise. 
and I think that and an unranked, you know, two and three Boise team. But if Boise goes on to Min the Mountain West and don't lose another game, you know, that won't look like as bad of a loss. So I I personally believe BYU has at least one more loss on their schedule. Um, they didn't they didn't live up to my expectations last week. But once again, I've said it the last couple podcasts, you know, you can't, you know, score less than 10 points and a half every single game and continue to win. Like they, I don't like, they haven't scored over 10 points and a half yet in the second half anyways, yet. So anyways, that, that's my take on it. And hopefully moving forward, they play well. And I hope they play well in Baylor this weekend and show that they're still, you know, a top 20 team. My turn. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. Let's hear it. Um, I mean, I have a long history with Boise State coming from Nevada uh, near the University of Nevada, Reno. Um, we've had, I've had a fair share of running into Boise State when, Nevada and Boise State would play each other. That's the rivalry over there as well. Um, so I'm pretty familiar with Boise State. And and I, Clint's right, you can't overlook them. They have a long history of, um, you know, toughness and, um, you know, stopping on other teams' necks. Um, I mean, yes, they haven't been that – they haven't had a great start. But again, you look at UCF and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's ranked 12th undefeated UCF meh <laughs> but I mean that's just who Boise State is they they always act like they're the underdog coming in and they do everything that they can to um, you know execute everything that they can and I think it's just another situation where everything just went right for Boise State and just when you think BYU started off um, as normal you know 10 nothing. I was like, okay, they're just getting started. And then next thing you know, it's just like Boise State soars. BYU fumbles once, twice, three times. Like seeing that third fumble specifically, I'm like, when he broke free, I was like, oh, he might score and this will be interesting. And next thing you know, he gets tackled and he loses the ball. And I'm like, it's that's like the nail in the coffin. And at least for me at that point, I think it, that would have been hard to come back to after that fumble. I think that would have been hard. And especially that, that and also that pass that the B that the Boise State quarterback made, like in the fourth quarter, that was just perfect pass, perfect catch. Um, but I think when we look at just the game overall, I mean, yeah, it was great to see Jaron Hall back, um, but it's just it's they just never the fumbles just killed them. The turnovers, you can't turn over the ball three times to expect to win that way. That's just that's just hard to come by. Um, it's definitely a tough pill to swallow for you guys and BYU fans. Um, so there there goes the, I mean the stars would have had to align and also BYU have would, would have had to have won all their games to even be in the playoff picture. Um, I mean, could you potentially still be in the the New Year Six? We'll just have to see. Um, but I think they can still finish out strong the year. Um, I can I can still see them ranked by the end of the year as well if they keep doing what they're doing. Um, but if they come out and play like they did Baylor, it's it's going to be another tough one. I I'll say another thing here. Uh, 
their quarterback, Bachmeyer, uh, if you guys didn't know, he was actually, he's been, a, he was a big BYU fan, grew up watching BYU, and then BYU didn't even offer him a, con, uh, a uh, scholarship or anything, and so he's, and he's been hurt the last two times that they've played, and so he's been waiting for that moment to play BYU to be like, shouldn't have, pat, you shouldn't have not brought me here and everything, and he got his chance, and Sir Bachmeyer huh. beat BYU. Uh, but the last thing I'll say, Hazard, before you say anything, is BYU, if you looked at this schedule when the year started, I would have said, like, if the BYU was 4-2 and two right now, I would have been happy. You know, 3-3, three and three, maybe even happy. You know, so I think BYU is still ahead of schedule, what people would think they would be at at this point. And they've only lost one game. They've won five. They could still run the table, you know, and be an 11-1, you know, so... I mean, both of you make good points, and I think we're both. Josh finally mentioned it. You, Clint, kind of mentioned it. I mean, BYU, Boise State didn't come out and win. Like, I don't believe Boise State won this game. I believe BYU lost this game. And I'm not saying that just being a BYU fan. I'm saying that because if you look at this, I mean, we had those four turnovers. We had the two fourth downs that we didn't convert. They, Boise State was running all over us. I mean, they were averaging 0.34 yards per carry before contact and averaging 78 yards a game, and then they managed that in the first half. So I think BYU came out flat, came out and made poor mistakes, just like when we had the chance to come back. It was third and long, and we had that pass interference in the fourth quarter that kind of, you know, allowed Boise State to still drive down the field and score. I think ultimately BYU is still a great team. I think they're going to realize their mistakes, and Coach Taki's not going to allow them to uh, continue playing terribly. And I think they're going to come out strong against Baylor. It's BYU. They always match the level of their competition, whether it's number one Alabama or an 0-12, you know, North, uh, New Mexico State. Like, they're just going to match their competition, which if you're a BYU fan, drives you crazy. But that's BYU, and, you know, they deserve this loss, but they still shouldn't have lost. But, you know, at least, yeah, I really, I mean, at least someone won in Utah. And it wasn't just, you know, a slight win. It was a pretty dominant win for the Utah Utes against USC, which, you know, they struggled at the Coliseum. And they came out and showed USC who's the who's the team in the Pac-12 South to beat. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. You know, your thoughts on the game. and then. What's your thoughts about them going against number 19 Arizona State this week? Oh, man. I mean, I I was even surprised by the score of how much the Utes, you know, uh, put the beat down on the, on the Trojans. Um, and also, it was a good win, mainly just because of the history of playing at USC. There's a stat, and before the win – 
it had been over a hundred years since Utah had beat USC in California. That in itself has just been, that's just a bad streak. And the fact that they finally broke that barrier of beating USC in the Coliseum, getting that monkey off their back, let alone getting having Rising get the confidence that he needed from that game. I mean, he ran the ball like no other that game. I mean, I knew he could run, but I didn't think he would run that much. But a big factor, too, I mean, the Utah defense, I mean, they always have a history of being a good defense. Um, they showed it at USC. From that game, I mean, yeah, USC had a new coach um, trying to get that system up and running. So it's going to take some time. And they also had um, their starter that was supposed to start um, the beginning of the year. He's still hurt, so he's, they're basically up to their backup. But, I mean, put all that aside, I mean, you take what you get. I'm just a firm believer is you take what you get, next man up, and then you just move on. There's nothing to really do. Um, but going into them playing Arizona State, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, you know, Herm Edwards has built up that program um, from nothing, basically, when he first came in, and now they're – a ranked team and now they have that high expectation and um Herb Edwards is is known for his defense. Um he knows how to coach defense and he's helped them, you know, turn into a stellar defensive team. So when we look at Utah versus Arizona State, um I mean they're gonna be out of rice cycle. It's gonna be the first games um at home specifically since um they lost Aaron Lowe. So again a lot of emotions are still gonna be riding high at home. Um, and I think with the help of the crowd, cause I mean, right cycles is just hard to play in a pack 12 teams know this from experience. Um, it's just, it's just hard to play there. Um, but I mean, it's, it's not the entire thing, you know, having a home field, you know, can only do so much. Um, the team has to show up and play. And I think they can continue to do that. Um, I think rising can has the confidence that he needs now, um, to go against Arizona state. Um, it's going to be a tough task. Arizona State's defense is a little bit harder to to go at, but um, I think they're able to carry that momentum. They have um, the transfer uh, running back that they got. I think, if I remember right, he is he was at LSU. He's a transfer from LSU, and he's starting to become a stellar running back. Um, and so, and again, of course, the other. <laughs> thing is having that defense um you know arizona state's tough too they have a, a dual threat quarterback um who's who's going to be a star someday um i firmly believe that um and so it'll be a tough task but i think it'll be a close one for sure but i think utah can pull it off and that way that can even get more confidence in even winning the pack the pack 12 the south yeah i think uh the game on Saturday, I think that was an emotional win too for Utah, you know, coming off, um, you know, what happened during their bye week, you know, with Aaron Lowe and everything. I think that was an emotional win and I think it was, you know, it was a dominant win. So I think they came back and they're like, they proved that, you know, they're back. And I think like Josh was saying, this big game against Arizona State is huge. You know, it'll be telling to see where they're at, you know, 
if they come at home and beat Arizona State, they'll be like, okay, you know, the Utes are back. You know, they're not going to have that down year like it seemed like they might have, you know. And Arizona State's good, you know. And the only loss they have so far is the BYU. And if it wasn't for Tyler Algier, we might not have – they might not have that loss either. So uh, I – I think Utah is going to come out tough, you know, in Rice-Eccles, and I think it'll be a good game. And I honestly currently don't remember who I picked to win that game on the pick'em, but we'll figure that out later. So, Yeah, I think both of you have great points. I mean, Utah, they're coming together. And, you know, as a BYU fan, I'm kind of grateful we played them earlier in the year before they figured out who they were. Because it might have been a different story, or it might have been a little bit more, you know, scary as a BYU fan. But um, I truly believe the Pac-12 South is going to come from the winner of this next game. Um, ASU looks great, playing great, defense is great. But, I mean, they're only allowing they're allowing less than three hundred yards a game. Um, I really think. Utah has their hands full, and it's going to be a battle of the defenses, I believe, for this game. But I'll let you, I'll leave my pick for later on in this podcast. So we'll continue on, and you know, talk about the NFL, continue with football, and we'll just keep it simple with you know the 49ers and the Seahawks, and I'll go ahead and you know start with. My poor Seahawks losing Thursday to the Rams. Sorry, Clint. You know, I led you astray at that moment. <laughs> yeah, you did. I was like, I'm not going to pick against the Seahawks again. And then look what happened. You might as well I, just stick with your Cardinals. I know, yeah. Go back to the Cardinals, man. They're doing great. And if, yeah, What's poor up Russell with... Wilson. Sorry, this is just a thought no, I had. Go What's ahead. No, yeah. Sc- that score, 26-17, to 17, I've seen that around a lot lately. Like, BYU beat Utah 26-17, to 17, and then that happened. I think there was a couple other 26-17s this week. Sorry. I know that's so random, but I'm like, that, the, that the score. That's going to change my fantasy, 26-17. <laughs> it's the magic number now. Any score now, I'm going to guess, is 26-17. I'm going to go back and change that right now to everything. Everything twenty six seventeen that's gonna happen the rest of the year twenty six it's like the ACT when in doubt pick C when in doubt twenty six seventeen when in doubt twenty six seventeen I mean I thought that the Jets uh, Falcons game was gonna end up twenty six seventeen too I'm like what's going on the Illuminati confirmed yeah conspiracy theory confirmed. <laughs> Anyways, back to what we were actually talking about. Yeah, I mean, we I mean, we talk about, you know, the injuries that we saw this week to our teams. Um, poor Russell Wilson called it. Um, mallet finger broke, you know, had that torn tendon in his finger. Uh, it's pretty By funny. MVP. Josh was like, yeah, yeah, that's nice, okay. I don't, nice when we thought about it. I don't think he was going to get it this year anyway with Kyler Murray playing the way he is. But, you know, Josh texted, texted us and was like, Hauser, 
what's wrong with his finger? I'm like, oh, that's mallet finger. So that's a proud moment, bragging rights for me. But, um, you know, I looked at the Seahawks, and Josh and Clint were like, well, there goes your Seahawks, and there goes your chance. And I think that goes our chance for winning the NFC West. I think we need, you know, some rust magic to do that. I don't think that goes our chance to win the playoffs. And my reasoning is, I think Geno Smith can still run the offense. We saw that near the end. Um, he did have that one interception. I don't blame him for that. Um, Tyler Lockett tripped. It was going to be a great play. That happens. Um, but if we look at the Seahawks schedule and if everything goes right, Russell Wilson comes back in four weeks. Um, we play the Steelers in Pittsburgh. You know, Big Ben's kind of washed up. They lost Juju Smith. Uh, she's there. They really don't have a great team. We play the Saints. Um, Jameson Winston. <laughs> it depends who we get. It could be great Jameson Winston or poor Jameson Winston. We still don't know. He's pretty wishy-washy. We play the Jaguars. Oh, five. And then we play the Packers, which I think is our hardest. Um, matchup uh and then we also have a bye in between there so i think russell wilson could come back hopefully for the cardinals game at home on the 21st of november which would be a good matchup but i think you know realistically seahawks if they can figure their stuff out on defense can go you know three and one if not four and oh over these next four to five weeks um any thoughts guys I mean, after seeing, like, the injury um, to Russell Wilson, I mean, I thought it was just a jam finger, or I thought it was dislocated, so I thought, oh, we'll just snap back into place, put, like, a splint in, he should be fine. But then, Hauser, I mean, props to you. Look at you being a PA. What are we doing with our lives? Um, <laughs> but um, I looked up, you know, the mallet finger. I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> it's actually more serious than a dislocation or um a sprained finger. Um, so that does hurt your Seahawks a bit there with their quarterback. I mean, um, I was, I was surprised that Geno Smith came in like first drive and, you know, got the job done getting a touchdown. You know, I just remember Geno Smith from um, his days in college and his stint with uh, New York, can't remember other teams he was on. Um, and he wasn't really that great. He didn't really make that good transition from the college to the pros. Um, so I just think, okay, Geno Smith here. I just think of the typical, like, struggling Geno Smith on the Jets, um, whatever you look at it as. Um, and then he made up a drive. I'm like, okay, like, put him in a, in a good system. He can actually make something happen. And uh, I'll agree with you, Hauser. I mean, that interception can't really help. Lockett was tripped there. Um, so, I mean, there is a long road ahead uh, for your Seahawks. Um, I mean, same thing with my 49ers. Um Garoppolo hurt, now Trey Lance is hurt. So it's just another <laughs> a case of the injury plague that plagues my 49ers every year. Um, you know, luckily, Trey Lance is not long-term injury. It's just a minor sprain. But, you know, you still want to be cautious because he's a dual threat. Um, fortunately enough, too, we have our bye week this week. We could take time to relax. Um, they're hoping that Garoppolo could be ready to go after the bye week just start practicing there um, and hopefully he can, you know, 
be in the shoes for Trey Lance. I mean, worst case scenario, we get a we get a quarterback on the practice squad um, going up the ranks to replace Trey and Garoppolo, which I know for a fact that's not going to go well. Um, but uh, I mean, with the way the Cardinals and the Rams are playing, um, I mean, I can always hope that my Niners can still make the playoffs at at some point. But I mean, we'll see with the with the injuries with Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, Garoppolo is just going to be injury prone. That's just going to happen. I just expect it at that point. Um, but also, I I liked what I see with Trey Lance. I mean, I also expected he'd struggle as any you know new quarterback coming into the league. Um, he made good plays. He made bad plays. That's just what a rookie is going to do, and that's what all quarterbacks are going to do. Um, but it showed some good in Trey Lance. I mean, I'm excited for, you know, when he does take up the ranks. I think he'll learn great from Garoppolo, um, who learned from Brady, um, as well as learning from Kyle Shanahan, who's, a, who's an offensive genius. Um, so I'm not overreacting to the 49ers situation. Injuries are going to happen, just like I said, next man up. Um, so it'll be interesting to see overall what the 49ers will do from this point. All I got to say is if your backup quarterbacks, both of your teams, your backup quarterbacks and your defense don't step up, you guys are in trouble. <laughs> um, it kind of sucks. I feel bad for you guys that both of your quarterbacks are hurt, and I guess Josh has two of his quarterbacks hurt. Um, and then there's my team that has a quarterback, and they still suck, so um, still has their quarterback. So uh, Hashtag save Wilson. Hey, Zach. Wilson. Yeah, save him. Uh, that was a rough game this week, but uh, um, I, I agree with Hauser with his Seahawks that if you know if Geno Smith will step up and ride, you know help ride the ship until Wilson is back, I think they'll still be fine and they'll be right there. And Josh, for your Forty ers if Garoppolo comes back, I think you know they'll be fine. If they bring up a practice squad guy. If he doesn't all of a sudden jump out of the middle of nowhere, you're probably right. That probably won't go well. <laughs> so I don't know where you guys will end up, but all I know is you're probably both going to have better records than the Jets. So I will say Good one for you thing, guys. One but thing all three of just... our teams lost this week, so that sucks. Right. It was a bad week in that. Well, we just figured yours is going to lose, Clint, so it's fine. Hey, it's you pick you picked the Jets on, on you guys picked the Jets, so you and can't just come again. out and say that. <laughs> and I'm not gonna pick him again. But one thing I will say about my 49ers is I am surprised how well they were somewhat able to contain the Cardinals. I thought it was just gonna be a blowout. But their defense basically held them to a short score. I mean, when you have DeAndre Hopkins, what can you do? <laughs> when you get mossed a few times from Hopkins, you know, what can you do? That's all I'll say with that. I, I think the four, I mean, props to the 49ers holding the Cardinals to 17 points and keeping it a one-score game. Uh, they, they showed promise with their defense, which is nice. And I think they showed some weakness with the Cardinals, which, you know, for teams that have to play the Cardinals, like the Browns have to this Sunday. I think that's going to be crucial to see. And, um, hopefully they can exploit that and you know get the Cardinals a loss because you know hopefully they keep losing the Rams maybe lose a few and now the Seahawks and the 49ers are back in the talk of winning the NFC West. Anyway, I think 
both Clint and Josh are ready, you know, for this next segment. Uh, we're going to go into the NBA. We're all pumped. Those two are, I mean, nonstop talking about the NBA. Uh, the NBA starts on the 19th, which is Tuesday. Um, and before we get in kind of... Bef- one week, uh, one week, one week. Before we get into our debate, uh, yeah, the biggest news right now is Ben Simmons is back with Philly. Um, I, what the heck is going on there? He, he just doesn't want to lose out on money. That's all it is. Because he, he tried to strong arm the 76ers into what James Harden did last year. But Ben Simmons is not James Harden. And he sucks. Well, he's good in the areas that he's good in. But he sucks. Because he doesn't have a jumper. And he realized that, oh, they can't actually get rid of me because nobody wants him. Hey, he's hit more three-pointers than Rudy Gobert, okay? <laughs> yeah, but has Rudy shot any besides a half-court shot? No. Other than practice, and ha- Have really? you seen Rudy Gobert in practice? I'm like, why doesn't he shoot him in the games? He's just, like, swishing him. Because Snyder won't let him. Come on, coach. I mean, here here's my thing. When I saw the whole Ben Simmons thing, I'm just like... Like like what you said, Hauser, and, and like, Clint, it's just like... I think he came to a realization that he just wasn't going to like go anywhere that he felt like he could win a championship. Um, I mean, here's my take on it. I mean, I'm all for second chances. I'm a firm believer of second chances. Um, and so, I mean, who knows? Maybe Ben Simmons can look at this as an opportunity and say, you know what? Like, yeah, this happened, but I'm going to prove you guys wrong. I mean, I, I hope he does that. But I'm not going to guarantee that he does that because um, we always he's always hearing it that he needs to make a jumper. He needs to make a jumper. Um, I mean, who knows how much practice he gets into that? And even Joel said that, like, I'm paraphrasing it, but he said something along the lines of, um, "Yes, this happened. We had our differences, but I still believe that Ben Simmons can take us to the promised land, winning a championship." I mean, if he develops a jumper, then we can have a different discussion. But um, I just think at first, the whole the whole locker room is just going to be awkward. I'll just say that right now. It's just going to be awkward. For me as a player, I would feel awkward just being there with Ben Simmons just because of how he's acted and everything like that. I mean, and, he didn't want to play with them. Right. And Joel Embiid wanted to get on a plane, fly out to L.A. to talk to him. And he's like, no, cancel your flight. Like, what the freak? And so, like I said, I mean, I'm all for second chances. I'm a firm believer in them, but I'm I'm really interested to see how this will play out, like through the season with Ben coming back. I I just I look at this and I'm like, you know, the 76ers have no, you know, emotional maturity, mentality maturity. Kind of like I feel like they have a great team and. Most of their players are great players, good to great players, but there's just no maturity. Who who really can be a great leader there? I mean, we see Joe Joel Embiid. He gets too emotional sometimes during games and gets out of control. Ben Simmons, he also gets hurt. But he, I mean, you can coach on the side. You see that. I mean, I hate to say this, but we see that with LeBron James. 
when he's been hurt, he's been able to coach on the side, and he's a great leader. Um, but then we see, you know, Ben Simmons. Where was he last playoffs? Nowhere to be found. Where is he during? He's probably just embarrassed from last playoffs. That's why he doesn't want to come back. <laughs> if I was it, maybe just it just if I was seventy sixers, I'm gonna trust the process of let's get rid of Ben Simmons and move on and try to find and get some good drafts or another player that you can get to play now at this moment um, to win a championship. Because I don't think Ben Simmons is the guy. Yeah, and I think the thing that's been the holdup for the 76ers too, but trading him is their asking price is way too high for a player that no one thinks is as is worth, you know, three draft picks and a young star, you know? And it's kind of surprised me that it hasn't got to the point, like, you know, James Harden, he didn't really get traded for much, you know? Paul George didn't get traded for much. Like, these teams, like, strongholded, strong-armed, sorry, those other teams into, like, trading for nothing, pretty much. And that's the same thing that I thought was going to happen to Ben Simmons, but it hasn't happened yet. But I personally don't think Ben Simmons is going to be on the 76ers after the trade deadline. Like, it could be way before. Uh, He's back with the team now. There's reports that he still doesn't plan to play a game. But you never know. You might see him on the court. But it might be like a Harden situation last year where he plays a few games and then all of a sudden we hear about the big trade, you know. Um, But he's probably going to end up, like, what, on, like, Sacramento or something. So, which would be funny, honestly. One quick thing with that. Don't be surprised if you look at the net situation with Kyrie, Domo's going to fall. You look at maybe James Harden can be next, you know, with the whole situation. And then you can have a situation where, again, not saying it's going to happen, but could have a situation where James Harden and Ben Simmons traded. James Harden can go to Philly. Ben Simmons can go to the Nets. Could make it interesting. could I don't see that happening because I I know there's reports about Harden not being happy but I'm like honestly with how you know kind of toxic Irving is I think the Nets the Nets aren't better off without him as a player but like in the locker room they probably are there's just so much drama in New York I would hate to be a Nets fan right now like there's just so much drama so let's just enjoy the fact that you know basketball is coming up in a week yeah, I'm I'm so excited. So can can we just like unless Hauser has something else to say? Can we I have just I just have one teams? comment, and then we can jump into our two v one debate. Um, wherever Ben Simmons is at, he's always going to be in the running for Rookie of the Year. So <laughs> go ahead. Every Clint. year, every year, you know Hashtag that's the only thing he's accomplished so far is Rookie of the Year. Hashtag Spider got robbed. Yeah. All right, Clint, let's jump into 2v1 debate. It is now time for the 2v1 debate, where anything goes. Let's get it. All right, the moment that Clint and Josh have been waiting for this whole time. The 2v1 debate. Who is going to have a better season? The Jazz... Or the Lakers, and to add a kind of another question, who will finish number one in the West? If not Jay, 
A Z Z J A Z Z. I mean, um, let's look at all of them, but go ahead. <laughs> let's let's hear it. Let's hear your opinions. Um, as probably a lot of you already know, I'm a huge jazz fan. Hauser's alluded to it a few times. Um, I can't believe the season's already here. I'm like going crazy about it, but uh. The Jazz were number one last year. Um, I have all the faith in the world they're going to jump right back into where they were and be there again. But the West is tough. Uh, I'd like to say the Jazz are going to be one again, but only time will tell. Uh, Josh's Lakers uh, look a lot more dangerous this year in talent-wise. The Lakers are old. So, you know, the – they're going to have some injuries, I think. Uh, I mean, their youngest player is out with an injury already. So, I mean, what's that got to tell for for the rest of them? <laughs> when when I sent that to those guys earlier this week, Hauser texted back and he was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what did you say about the wheelchair, Hauser? He's like, next man is going to be in a wheelchair. <laughs> and then Josh was like, Wheelchairs or wheelchair or, or not, the Lakers in five, and I was like, oh gosh, oh gosh. Uh, classic, and if anyone knows Josh, classic response. He has a few sayings that he always says. We've come back from worse. Lakers in five. Lakers in five. He says, and that then all the next time. man up. That's literally all he says. <laughs> whether it's sport or whether it's basketball, football, baseball, that's his go-to. Uh, but. Um, I think the Jazz have like a really good chance to repeat at the up at being number one. Uh, we added some some good bench players this year. You know, we brought in Rudy Gay, who won't be playing the first couple weeks, but I think once he's playing, he's going to have an impact. Uh, I read this thing this week about how since 2017, when he joined the Spurs, he's had that hill problem and he's never got it fixed. So now with it fixed, you know, I'm like, maybe he'll play even better. Uh, And then we brought in, you know, Hassan Whiteside to back up Rudy. Uh, Whiteside's a good defender. He's not better than Rudy, like he used to claim when he played for Miami. But it's kind of crazy having those two shot blockers, you know. Uh, It's going to be hard to go to the rim against the Jazz. and then we brought in Eric Pascal, which I think you'll be seeing a lot until Rudy Gay is back in. Uh, he's looked good in preseason. He's a young guy, young body. And another guy the, that we drafted, Jared Butler, has looked amazing in preseason. So I don't know how much playing time he's going to get, but I think he'll have an impact. So I think the Jazz, it'll be interesting to see how they start their season out. I mean, they start with Oklahoma City, Sacramento, Denver, Houston, and Chicago, and Milwaukee in in October. So that I I can see maybe two losses in there if the Jazz play well. So, but I do have to say this, Josh, just to make you feel better. I'm I'm not a Lakers fan, and I do not like the Lakers. But if the Lakers don't have the injuries and they gel, they're going to be a scary team. Like, I will give you that. Well, I appreciate that. I am glad you're able to 
to come to your senses and realize that. I mean, I'll agree. It, it comes down to being, you know, injury free. Um, I mean, what I've seen from the Lakers so far this preseason, I mean, preseason is preseason. I mean, what matters is the regular season and then come playoff time is a different ball game. But I mean, haven't done really great. I mean, never really won a, play, a preseason game yet. I mean, they're winning against the Warriors right now. Um, and this is the first game that both Russell, Anthony Davis, and LeBron's in. So we get to actually, I get to actually see, you know, the big three in action. I mean, yeah, it's a preseason game. Um, but looking at what the situation is right now in the West, the rest, the West is always going to be hard. Um, there's a lot of good teams out there in the West. Um I think it's going to be important. It's going to be a key uh, for both my Lakers and your guys' jazz to come out strong. I mean, there's come out strong the first half of the season. Um, I mean, we were able to get a chance open there because um, when you look at some of the teams in the West, they're, some of their star players are injured. You look at the Clippers, they have Kawhi out. who's going to be out probably for most of the year. You look at Denver, they still have Jamal Murray out. He may not even come back till January. Um, the I mean, other teams you look at too. I mean, Phoenix is they still have their core intact. Warriors are going to be back, you know, better than ever with Clay finally being back. I mean, we hope that he doesn't get injured like he has the past two years. Um, I mean, you also got Portland too. I mean, you got Utah. We had to deal with uh, Memphis too. Memphis is a Memphis is a young, scary team. They have John Morant. Um, you can't forget about Phoenix either. I mean, they did play. Yeah, like I said, year. you can't. Yeah, the Phoenix Suns—they have their core intact. Like I said, um, but I mean, looking at the Lakers specifically, um, I mean, yeah, they stay healthy. I mean, they're they're scary, and I mean, of course, like I just hope and pray that they just cut it down on turnovers because I know Russell is just turnover prone. Just how fast he is. And how careless he can be sometimes. Um, and same with LeBron too. But I mean, not as much as Russell. But um, I think having Russell at point can definitely help um, LeBron not be, you know, point guard as much. So he could be more down low with Anthony Davis. Um, so I think in the end, they do have a legit shot at being the number one seed. Just because, like I said, the key thing that has to happen is being not injured that's the key thing um but when you look at the first you know few months of the season you know we're off we're gonna be playing the warriors we're gonna play be playing the suns the first two games then we have the grizzlies the spurs thunder Cavs, rockets um we got the rockets again the thunder blazers hornets heat so the first few months of the season i would even say going through december I mean, there's no excuse for the Lakers to be in the top, I'd say top two or three um, in the seed just because of who they're playing and just from, you know, seeing some of the teams that they played that has played last year. I mean, I'm not saying that the Warriors are not going to show up. They're going to show up. I mean, the Grizzlies are also going to be hard to deal with as well. Portland's always going to be hard to deal with. I mean, the only thing the kryptonite for the Blazers is their defense. Um but, I mean, we'll lose games here and there. But I think for the most part, I think we'll be set up uh, nicely for the first few months. Um, but I think the key thing for me, for my Lakers, is just being injured-free. I think they just have that done. Then they can certainly be the top seed.
Yeah, and we uh, we don't play each other, Jazz and Lakers, until January. So we won't know that much up till then. But before you say anything, Hauser, Josh, all I, um, you're talking about Russell Westbrook. I know the last few years he's been, they've talked about how he's been a little bit of a, uh, you know, cancer in the locker room and stuff. Do you think that's going to happen with the Lakers, like with LeBron and them? Like, is, do you think he could, is there the potential for him to ruin, you know, chemistry? Or do you think they're going to, is he going to blend well? Because I think if they gel, I was saying this before, if they gel, yeah, they're going to be a scary team. You know, him throwing lobs to LeBron and Anthony Davis, that's kind of scary. It's going to happen either way. Mm-hmm. But that's the one thing I've thought too, besides injuries, if Westbrook causes issues in the locker room like he has in the past, that could be a problem in LA too. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, and I'll make this quick because I want to make sure Hauser gets some input too. Um, I think just overall, I'm Who cares not about terribly... Hauser. <laughs> JK. <laughs> um, we love Me. Hauser. <laughs> but I'll make this quick. I mean, there is going to be some concern there because of Westbrook's history, but when I look at the Lakers team as a whole, we have maturity. I think you can make an argument that this is probably the most mature team that was that Russell has been on um, with the cast of LeBron, with Anthony Davis, Rondo, Mello, um, Howard, DeAndre Jordan, um, just a mix of others, just having that experience. Um, championship, I think, championship experience too. Yeah, championship like, experience. And so, Kevin I mean, Durant hadn't won a championship when he played with them. James Harden hasn't won one, so those are people that have won. So I think what will help for sure is having that maturity, having that championship mentality. Um, I mean, it's going to take a bit to get that chemistry going. I mean, there's not been really – very rarely is there teams that form together that all like instantaneously click like that. It's going to take time. But I think having that maturity will definitely help, you know, Westbrook kind of, you know, you can't change his mentality. He's going to be a bull. He's going to want to have that competitiveness. I think LeBron and Anthony Davis and others are going to have that same mentality as well. Um, Do I think he'll be like that chemistry or sort of cancer in the locker room? No, because LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to be there. Mostly them are going to help, you know, help with that, not make it a cancer, if that makes sense. But um, I'm not terribly worried with that. Will it take time to, to mesh? Yeah, but... I'm not terribly worried with that. I mean, just to rule off with Josh, um, I think he's right. I think LeBron can control Westbrook. Uh, I actually just saw a clip of when LeBron and Kobe were playing in the Olympics together, going against Spain, and Scola was there, or Argentina, and they were playing Scola. Kobe was trash-talking Scola in Spanish during free throws, and LeBron finally was like, all right, enough, Kobe. Let's play ball. And I don't. Th- I think that shows LeBron has no fear of telling players, cool it, we're just going to play ball and show them what we do. Uh, to go along with who, who I think is going to have a better year, I think both of you have great points. Um, obviously, I'm a Jazz fan. I think Jazz have kind of filled in the gaps they needed to go from, you know, pretty good to great. 
and they needed those gaps filled. And I think the people that they were able to pick up in the offseason are going to be those people that can fill those gaps. And I look at it, they, and it's going to be really hard to distribute the minutes early on to see who's going to get more minutes. Um, with the Lakers, if they stay healthy, I, I see them being a really hard team to beat. I just don't see them being healthy through the whole season. Um, and if they are, I don't see them not sitting people out and resting. That's just kind of what you do with old people. And when I mean old, I mean old for the NBA. Um, you just sit them out, and that's just what you do. And so I don't see the Lakers really trying to go for number one. LeBron doesn't care. AD doesn't care. I don't think they care for the number one seed as much as the Jazz do. And I think the Jazz kind of need it more to have the home court advantage. Um, I ultimately just want to see these two teams not play each other until the West Western Conference Finals. So we can still trash talk each other all the way till then. And that's going to be the greatest. So I'm hopefully they go one and two and either one, I don't care, but one and two would be awesome. And then it also makes a perfect arrangement there with Russell now being on the Lakers. That just makes you guys hate him more. Cause I know jazz fans have a long history with Russell. Yeah. I've never, I've never liked him. So, and I've always told Josh, I, I've never liked LeBron either. And I've always disliked the Lakers strongly dislike the Lakers. So LeBron and them having a little marriage the last couple of years made me not like them even more. And now Westbrook's there and I'm like, yay, more reason to not like them. Oh, it's going to be great. I mean, I don't like Russell either. I think he has too loud of a mouth and talks too much, but I didn't like him either before the Lakers, but now I do since <laughs> now he's on my team and now I don't have to deal with playing against him. <laughs> now you gotta like him. Basically. Just kind of how we like you, Josh. We got to like you. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Just kidding, man. <laughs> so, uh, I just ahead, I just wondering, Hauser, both of you, if you had to pick someone to be number one, if it wasn't Jazz or Lakers, saying they both stay healthy in the West, who has the potential to jump them? I'm going to give you a shocker here. Giving with everyone healthy not including the Jazz or the Lakers. If I had to pick right now, just looking at the Western Conference and everything, if I had to pick one team, I would actually say the Golden State Warriors. How dare you, man? How dare you? This is literally who I was going to say. I hate the Warriors to death. But, I mean, when you look at everyone being healthy, I mean – you look at they still have Steph, they still have Clay who's coming back from in from a horrific injury. Still have Draymond, which you can make an argument he's not what he was like the past years when he was when the Golden State Warriors were in those championships. Um, but then, I mean, you look at having Andrew Wiggins, who, I mean, he's the kind of player that you don't know where you're going to get from him. But there's been some some times where he's shown what he was expected to be coming out of college. Um, and then you have Wiseman who, I mean, I think that helped the Warriors tremendously. I mean, he's a young, he's a young guy. Wiseman is, 
but the just the size that he is and just the motor that he has that he can play that just makes a scary starting five for the Warriors and plus not to mention they have Iguodala back um I mean he's getting older but I think having Iguodala on the Warriors had helped the Warriors win the championships that they have um and so I think the Warriors to me um looking at other than the Lakers and the Jazz they could take the number one seed I mean, Josh said it perfectly. I was going to say Warriors. I also think you um, can't count out the Suns. And I want to say you can't count out, you know, Denver. Once Jamal Murray comes back here, I believe it's going to be a few weeks. But they still have a great team. They have Aaron Gordon. They have Jokic. Like, I really think... You can't count those teams out either. I think it's really the five teams we've talked about today are all in the race for number one. Yeah, I think the Warriors are going to be back. They're going to be back in the playoffs unless something crazy happens again. Like, I didn't expect them to not be in the playoffs last year. And I thought the Jazz were going to play them in the first round and then Memphis beat them in the play-in. But uh, I disagree with you guys. I, I, I think Golden State's going to be back up there, but I don't think they have a chance to be number one. Uh, I think the other person, Hauser, said it. I think if the Jazz or Lakers don't, I think Phoenix has a chance to be number one because a lot of people are saying that they were a fluke. It was a fluke year and everything, and I don't, I don't believe in that because, I mean, I was cheering against them. I was cheering for Milwaukee in the finals, but Phoenix is good. I mean, Chris Paul brought a lot to that team. I don't like Chris Paul, but he brought a lot to that team, kind of brought out the best in Booker and – I think if anyone else has a chance, I think it's Phoenix. And I think Utah, L.A., and Phoenix are going to be the top three teams in, in the NBA. Uh, not the NBA, maybe the NBA, but the West. I mean, it's going to be a fun season. Uh, I look forward to you know having our conversations and continuing this, but I think it's time for us to move on. Uh, this week we decided we were going to move our you know, college KSL Pick'em and our 2v1 NFL Pick'ems to the end. So if you don't care to listen to these, you can get off now. But let's continue and do our picks for this week, and we'll start with our college football. Um, I'll let you know where we lead. Pretty proud moment. Uh, I did go 1-4 last week, but, I, you know, because I've been so dominant, I'm still leading um, – 19-11, Clint 18-12, and Josh is 15-15. Just for fun, Hauser, tell everyone, you know, what happened, the reason you went 1-4. and four. <laughs> So I was messing around, showing my wife kind of what it is, and changed a few scores on my team, on a, not thinking you would save, but somehow it saved. And so I had Utah winning. And then later on, it I did not have Utah winning. So it was a sad moment for me. But that's fine. It helps us catch up. Yeah. Keep if it more lose, interesting. If, if, you, if you lose or tie at the end by one, maybe we'll have to give it to you. Maybe. But that won't happen. So, <laughs> all right. So we'll start with the picks. Um, I'll start with game one. Uh, Kentucky versus... You know, Georgia, both undefeated, both look great. Kentucky 
playing out of their mind right now. Georgia is the number one team in the nation, hands down. And I think they're going to steamroll Kentucky, just like they've done with everyone else this year. I have them 34-20. And we'll start with Clint. Who you got? Yeah, I think that there's going to be a lot of hype for Kentucky in this game, but I don't think they're going to come in and upset. You know, Alabama got upset last week, which I was happy for. Uh, but Georgia's just too good. Georgia, I think, me personally, I think Georgia's going to win the national championship this year. And But I have them winning this game 35-21. Yeah, I mean, easy, easy pick for me. I mean, I love what Kentucky's doing. They've been sort of the dark horse in the SEC and the whole college football. Um, you know, atmosphere, I mean, they're always known for their basketball. But, I mean, football's making an impact. But I think Georgia's just going to be too much. I see Georgia winning the national championship too. Their defense is, is stellar. I haven't seen a defense quite like it. Um, and so with that, I, I have them uh, beating them pretty soundly. Uh, Georgia, I have them 35-17. Awesome. Sweep right there. Next we'll go on to BYU versus Baylor. Um, I'll start again. I think BYU's going to have, like I said, a bounce back game. I think they're not going to have the mistakes they did like last time, and I think Baylor or BYU is going to play to the level of the competition, and I think they're going to beat Baylor, thirty-one uh, twenty-eight. We'll continue with Clint. Who do you think? Yeah, I think they're going to have a bounce back game. Um, I think they have to score more than ten points in the second half in this game in order to win, and I think they're going to do it in a close one. I think they're going to win twenty-four twenty-one. Yeah, I mean, same. I think BYU is just going to have a bounce-back game. Um, I just, with uh, Sataki's mindset, he's going to tell the players, we can't do this again, and the players are going to pick that up. Um, I think it's still going to be close. I mean, look at Baylor's offense is running on all cylinders, too. Um, I think it comes down to the defense, but I think BYU will edge out Baylor on this one, 28-25. Uh, to 25. Nice. Awesome. We'll go on to Arizona Wildcats with the Colorado Buffaloes. And I'll let Clint start start us on this one. What the heck is this game on here for? Do they not have any other games to pick for? Uh, I guess not. Let's pick the two worst terrible. teams in the back twelve. Um, <laughs> That's why it's who knows who's <laughs> just to make them just to make those teams feel better about themselves. Yeah, when I saw this I was like, what the heck? Uh but I think Arizona's gonna stay winless. And Colorado is going to win thirty-one twenty-one. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick any terrible team in the Pac-12 that's better than the other, I think Colorado has it. Um, I mean, Arizona is just—they're just not the football team um, that they used to be back back in the day. Um, but I think Colorado can edge them out here. I got them. Colorado winning twenty-one to seventeen. I, uh, you know. I kind of went back and forth because, like, the Pac-12 likes to um, kind of self-implode on each other and beat each other up. But I just don't see Arizona winning a game, and not this game in particular. Um, so I'm going with the magic number, Colorado 26-17. <laughs> there it is. And if Arizona ends up winning, you know, making our score there be, you know, a loss – it's because of that number. 26-17. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. 
All right, next we'll go to Utah State, UNLV. Um, let's start with Clint again. What do you got? Uh, UNLV is terrible. They're 0-5. And USU looked good in the first part of the year, and then they've you know lost to Boise State. They lost to BYU. They're coming off their bye week. Even though they're going down to Vegas, I think they blow them out of the water. 42-24. Yeah, I mean, UNLV, coming, a kid coming from Nevada. Um, I'm always UNR go Wolfpack. I hate UNLV with a passion just because of that rivalry. And UNLV has always sucked. And Utah State's just better. Just plain simple. I got Utah State winning 28-10. to 10. Uh, Pretty straightforward. I have Utah State 26-17. All right. And next we'll go to game five. Uh, okay, so I'll pick them. Arizona State Sun Devils, number 18, versus Utah Utes. And we'll start with Clint again. So like I said before, I forgot who I picked here. Um, but, you know, I am actually think I'm going to switch what I said. I had Arizona State winning, but I just I have an inkling for some reason that Utah is going to win this game, 31-25. This one will be a tough, a tough matchup for the Utes. There, this I believe, I agree with Clint. I think whoever wins this will win the, the South, um, and they'll go on to play whoever is going to win the North. Um, and so, I mean, I honestly believe too. Whoever wins this game can also win the Pac-12 entirely. Um, I think the way the Utes have been playing this year, um, they showed um, some shine of. Um, some life into actually winning the whole thing this year. I mean, I hope that happens. Um, as I'm wearing my Ute shirt right now, it's pretty easy who I'm going to pick. Um, they'll be back and forth, but I think the Utes can pull it off 35-20. Well, guys, I haven't been wrong, you know, choosing if the Utes win or lose besides my mishap last week. Um, I think you're both wrong. I think AAC is just a better team. I don't. I have nothing against the Utes. I still think they have a great team. I think ACU just has a better team. So I have them winning 26-17. All right. Did you when switch to just barely? Maybe. Because <laughs> if you didn't, that's crazy. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I definitely switched. But <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to our NFL pick Um Josh is actually doing pretty good in this one. We'll just go with the records. Josh is 18-7. and seven. I'm 15-10. Clint's 14-11. and 11. Josh so, has went 4-1 three weeks in a row. Yeah, hopefully that so changes this year. So we'll start with Josh um, through these ones. On Thursday night, we have the Bucks and the Eagles at the Eagles. Who you got winning? Uh, for me, um, this one's pretty easy for me. Um, I just think Bucks have a lot of momentum. Brady's playing Brady. I believe he's right behind Kyler Murray in the MVP race. I think eventually Kyler Murray's going to win the MVP. Um, but, I mean, it's the Eagles. I mean, yeah, they won last week. But um, I just think talent-wise, the Bucks are just going to be too much for the Eagles. I have them winning this one. I agree, Josh. I got the Bucks 
beating the Eagles. I mean, it is in Philadelphia, so they could give them a run. But I think Brady's, you know, Brady has enough uh, revenge factor in him to get beat the Eagles. I feel like he always plays well against the teams that beat him in the Super Bowls. So I have the Bucks winning. Yeah, pretty easy for me as well. I don't think Jalen Hurts is quite um, mature enough to be able to lead his Eagles against a great team like the Bucks. So I have the Bucks winning. Move on to Sunday morning. Um, we'll start with Josh again. The Packers at the Bears. Who do you got winning? Um, I mean, going with this one, it wasn't really going back and forth. I just think, again, Packers have a lot of momentum coming in. Yeah, the Bears have Justin Fields. Um, they put him as a starter, and he played uh, pretty well last this past week. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, man. <laughs> He, he's, I mean, he proved me wrong when I said in the beginning that he's after the first game of the year, I mean, he's not there, but I mean, he's shown that, you know, he's still here. Um, I got the Packers winning this one in Chicago. Aaron Rodgers is back. And I think he's back for the year. And this is an easy one because it's the Bears. So, you know, go Pack. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is back, and I think he is playing great. He's doing well. I had to choose an upset. I think the Bears have this one. Uh, It's in Chicago. The Bears' defense is playing pretty good. I think Justin Fields has a little bit of momentum. I think they, with some miracles happening, pull this one off. All right, we'll move to our afternoon game. The Cardinals at the Browns. The Browns. We'll start with Josh again. Who do you have? This is probably the toughest matchup, at least out of the five that we have. It's tough for me to decide. I look at Arizona. They're just on a roll. The only undefeated team left. Uh, They got Kyler Murray. Defense is stellar. But then you got the Browns, too. Um, they, They showed they've had some... Um, some talent as well. They're at they're at home. Um, it, it's it's tough for me. Um, I may go back and forth after this, but for now, if I had to pick, I'm actually going to go with the Browns in this one. I think they're with them being at home. I think they can give Cardinals the first loss of the year. Um, I mean, they're, the Browns defense can step up as well, um, and so I I have the Browns in an upset here. So I switched teams from, I was starting to cheer, like Hauser told me I had a couple years ago after we became friends that you have to have an NFL team. And so I was like, okay, I'll pick the Cardinals because they're close. And and then I moved to the Jets, like you all know. But I'm a, a Cardinals fan at heart on my bandwagon. Uh, so I'm going to, I Hauser keeps saying that they're going to, you know, kind of level out in the middle of the season and, I'm not going to disagree with them on that, but I think they still stay undefeated in this one and they win the game. Um, This one's tough, kind of like what Josh was saying. I think the Browns defense comes out for revenge after the kind of embarrassing loss they had against the Chargers. I think they contain Kyler Murley and kind of take what the 49ers did last week and add to it with Miles Garrett and 
Um, Crowder on that team. Or Clowney, not Crowder, thinking basketball. Uh, Clowney on that team. So I have the Browns for this one. I, uh, I mean, you live there, so. Yeah, I, I got to vote for Cleveland. I'm I'm here at this time. I am almost went to this game, um, but probably not going to go. So next we'll go to the Sunday night, Seahawks at the Steelers. Again, we'll start with Josh. Who do you got? Steelers are not what they used to. I thought Ben should have just retired before the start of the year. Um, I just think he's just he's just done. Um, I mean, yeah, the Steelers' defense, their front is is pretty good, led by the one of the WAP brothers. Um, but I mean, with the Seahawks, I mean, I hate to do this, but I think the Seahawks will pull off this one. I think after you know the loss last. Um, Thursday, I think that'll give Gino a lot of motivation. The same with the other Seahawks. Um, so I got the Seahawks winning in this one. I told you, Hauser, last week that I'm not going against your Seahawks again. And so I'm not going to. Uh, the Steelers, yeah, they beat they beat Broncos last week, but it's the Broncos. You know, they started 3-0 and everyone has had the hype, but I'm like, you beat the Giants, you beat the Jets, and you beat... They beat another the Jaguars. It's no good. Yeah. Jaguars. And so it's like, they beat nobody. And yeah, Roethlisberger came in and did his thing last week, but he's like, I agree with Josh. He's not the same. And so I think Geno Smith can come in and play well, show that he's, you know, that's why he's still in the league, even though he hasn't really had a chance. Here's his chance to prove that he's still good enough to lead a team. And your Hawks are going to win. I call it a sweep. I'm leaving it that. Seahawks are going to beat the Steelers. Um, Monday night, Bills and Titans. Josh, who do you got? After seeing what the Bills had put to the Chiefs, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the AFC. I mean, they're out for revenge. Losing to the AFC Championship, I can see the Bills winning the AFC and going to the Super Bowl this year. Um, I, I, They're just on a roll. Um Offensively, they're clicking on all cylinders. Defensively, um, they're starting to become one of the top defensive teams in the league. Um, and and so the Titans, yeah, they have Derrick Henry. And so, but, I mean, you can only do so much with Derrick Henry. Um, I think the Bills uh, will go to Tennessee and uh, put a beat to the, to the Titans. I got the Bills winning in this one. Yeah, the Bills are good this year. Hauser keeps saying they're going to the Super Bowl. I agree with him. Uh, I since since day one, boys, day one, <laughs> day one, day one. Yeah, I I got called on uh, my LDS mission to Rochester, New York, and Buffalo was in that area. I didn't actually end up serving, but I've actually kind of cheered for Buffalo. Just kind of not like really cheered for them, but I'm like, oh, cool, they're doing good again. Like I'm like, if I would have went on my mission, that would have been probably my team, you know. So they're doing good, and I think. I mean, the Titans lost to the Jets, so the Bills clobbered the Chiefs last week, so I have them winning this one, even though it's in Tennessee. You know, day one, I called the Bills going to the Super Bowl. I stick with it. It's my guarantee. You know, hang it up, frame it. Still going to be there. Um, the Bills, you know, fun fact, Bills splits one time against the Chiefs, and – 
only rushed four for most of it and was still able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think they do the same thing here, and they were going to be a blowout. So I have the Bills winning. I think that wraps it up for us. Um, thank you for everyone that has listened to us. We love you guys. Thanks for listening to Three Goons talk about some sports. Yeah. Um, Pumped. Hey, just so you mm-hmm. guys know, Tony Finau is back in action this weekend. Uh, Josh's Dodgers, I think, are winning right now. He said they came back from worse. So we'll see what happens in the MLB, MLB playoffs. And Josh and I are going golfing with each other this weekend. We're pumped. Oh, man. Yep. Yep. I'll get my plane ticket and I'm coming. <laughs> Okay, Saturday, ten o'clock. All right. We'll look well, thank you guys. When we all come back. Yes. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. You have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your week. See you Go next use. week. <laughs>